What's going on, guys? This is Rob Doster here. I want to let you know about our sponsors, Anchor by Spotify. If you haven't heard about them yet, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. I know because all of our 28 podcasts on the field of 68 and the field of 12 use Anchor by Spotify. It has the tools that will allow you to record and edit your pods right from your phone or your computer. You can distribute anywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all those places that allow you to listen to podcasts for absolutely free. Anchor sends those pods directly to the feeds. And here's the best part about it. Anchor is totally free. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm if you want to get started on your own podcast. Oh, and welcome to another episode of the Doster and Deshaun podcast. It is Thursday night, March 11th. You know this because you are watching us on a live stream. If you are listening to us on a podcast, uh, how are you guys doing? It's nice to see you. We're letting the chat fill up a little bit as we kind of vamp right here. Deshaun, how are you doing, doing sir? How's your uh, how's your championship week going so far? It was pretty wild today. We had some good hoop. We had some great basketball. I enjoyed, I would say, a good bit of it. There were some I didn't enjoy, but for the most part, was it, was it one of the, the early tips that you didn't enjoy, like a game that may, maybe tipped off at like 1130 this morning? Possibly, but that's neither here nor there. I still I saw some great basketball uh, all day today. So, you know, we're, I can't we're going to we're, we're talk about that game because like I, I I love everything about West Virginia and Oklahoma State right now. So we're, we're definitely going to talk about that and put a pin in that. Okay. Um, we okay. have to talk about Duke getting knocked out. Uh, we have to talk about the fact that UConn is very clearly going to go on and win the national title. I've been trying to tell you guys this. <laughs> oh, not happening. Um, oh, my and we got to talk about what happened a year ago to the day where you were, kind of what your experience was, your memories was, because I think it's worth doing that. Uh, but before we do all of these things, Deshaun, this is the Beers and Ball podcast. Yes, it is. We have beers. We're going to oh, talk ball. Oh. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna yeah, you, I'm gonna let you do the honors first before I introduce my uh, my cerveza over here. So what are you drinking? What are you sipping on over there? All right. So the people that normally watch, you already know what I'm drinking. This is my old faithful left. This beauty, this blonde beauty right here, is what usually gets me by when I'm sitting in the house watching basketball. So uh, I have a nice left tonight. There you go. Um, all right, Rob, yourself, because I, I I saw that uh, I saw the outside of that, and I was curious what that was. It's the first time I've ever seen it. So it's it's called Impact Wrench. It's from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. I've never heard of it before. Never seen it before. Never tried it before. I've never heard of this uh, this brewery before. So if you're in the if you're in the chat and you're watching and, and you've heard of these guys before, like please let me know. Um, please. It's called it's called Impact Wrench from Industrial Arts. It's a uh, triple IPA, a triple IPA. It's uh, not a competition. Anyway, it's not a competition. <laughs> this is what people are saying with us. Everything ABV, the beer's as big as my head, so you know that by the end of this, we might, we might be getting weird on this uh, this live stream at the end. If I have to be the guy that rings this in, then we're in trouble. So <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We're, gonna, we're yeah. never going to have to rein me in, Deshaun. <laughs> Never All right. So um, obviously one year ago today was the day that uh, we found out that Rudy Gobert tested positive for the coronavirus after he did that thing where he was in a press conference and he coughed and touched all the microphones for all the reporters. Um, and that was the same night that Fred Hoiberg on the sideline of the Nebraska Indiana game was very, very clearly really sick. And uh, it was something where um, 
it became this huge issue. He ended up only like having the flu or something like that, but uh, it was he a, big something a completely off of the COVID topic. Yeah, he had something yeah. else. And then, so then Tom Hanks t- tested positive, and the next day is when uh, everything really shut down. So I, I'll I'll tell my story after, but but tell me about like where were you? Um, what happened? How did you find out? Like what what were you doing at the time? Take me through it all. Um, well, I was still in season, and uh, we saw. Obviously, we all joked about the uh, Rudy Gobert thing. Obviously, not knowing how serious uh, COVID was because. Uh, of how much the downplay was. Uh, I felt like it was a big downplay about it from just regular people, not maybe not the news or, or any doctors or anything like that, but just like the, the everyone, the everyday person, it was kind of downplayed. It wasn't really talked about as much. And then we saw the NBA shutdown and then we saw college shutdown and then we just knew like our, our season was getting ready to be up or in quicker than it usually would. So I would say maybe like, three or four days after that, our season came to a halt and guys went home. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was like, just like it ended there. Everyone's season, my season ended really early as well. Did you, did you fly back? Like, how did you, how did that yeah. work? Yeah, it was very, Were you wearing yeah. like one of the hazmat suits? Yeah. So like my wife was basically like, yeah, you need to like get a mask and you need to wear some gloves. So like I was in the airport, like one of the only people in the airport, with like masks and gloves on there were people like and not to mention you hear about this this like uh the coronavirus and anything like that and you're like you're already cautious about people being near you people are in the airport coughing and sneezing and i'm just like it's the most miserable i've probably been like (laughs) just sitting there wondering like oh does this person have it does this person like because i didn't know what it was and i didn't know like you know there are people apparently dying from it it was at the time italy was going through it like worse than anybody has uh and people were like locked in their like in their apartments and the cities were locked down and stuff so like that's all i had as a uh as a view of it like you know that was my point of view from of of it from afar so you know is it was pretty a uh, miserable time and then not to mention i had to do a two-week quarantine when i got back home Ooh. so i like st- stayed in my basement when my kids are like upstairs and stuff like it was a a hell of a, a summer to say the least but yeah that was kind of how my season ended and how my year kind of ended so when when all of this stuff was first happening this was when i'd started filming a show uh every sunday night i would fly to chicago to do the the stadium college hoops insider show live on set um and we would record it on on monday it would air monday night um and i would fly back on monday and so i was on to at least two flights every week if i wasn't going somewhere else and uh the day that i flew back i remember it was uh march 8th i flew because it was my daughter's birthday and i had to fly for the last show out to chicago so i left like that night um, got on a flight uh and i just remember like progressively the the flights got emptier and emptier and emptier like it started when i was first going everyone like there were packed flights no one cared this was like in late january no one cared like no one was worried it was all stuff that was happening um on the other side of the world but slowly but surely like there were fewer people on the flights and fewer people on the flights and then the last one that i took it was there were like 10 people on a on a 747 like i, I wasn't just the only one in my row but I was the only one in my section on either side. There was no one within like three seats anywhere around me. I was like, yeah, you know, this might be kind of a big deal. And 
I get back on Monday night, March 9th. Uh, March 10th was um, a Tuesday. And then March 11th was the Wednesday when when all the Rudy Gobert stuff happened. That mm-hmm. Thursday, I was supposed to be in studio for uh, NBC Sports um, to do the the national broadcast for them at halftimes and in between games for the Atlantic 10 tournament, which is like a huge opportunity, right? That's, exactly. that's, that's the break right there. That's the big break. So I get there and um, for the first day to work, and they're like, you can't shake anyone's hand, don't touch anyone, have all this hand sanitizer. And the whole time, because the night before, it had just been announced they weren't going to have any fans at any of these tournaments. Exactly. And, and the whole time, like, we're just sitting there, and I'm texting with coaches, and I'm texting with other media people, and I'm texting with administrators, and I'm texting with conference officials, and I'm just texting with people like, like what are we doing? Like we're we're not. There's no way we're playing. The NBA had shut down, right? There's no way that they're having the the college the conference tournaments if the NBA is shut down. So we uh, we're sitting there waiting, sitting there waiting, and nothing has happened. Nothing is broken. Nothing has changed. Uh, we're supposed to go live at noon. It's eleven forty five, and that's when I get the text from somebody in the American Athletic Conference, and they're like, uh, "We're we're canceling the tournament. Season's mm-hmm. done." Um, and that at the same time, I get the notification that like there's a tweet going out from someone saying uh, the the SEC tournament is done. They're canceling. They're done. And then it was just like a cascading flow of people that had canceled. And it was I just remember it being so surreal because I'm sitting there on set live on TV and all we're seeing are like these video clips of players warming up, getting the word that their season's done. And so yeah. some of them are tears. You have seniors that are never going to be able to play college basketball right. again, like going and crying and hugging their parents. Um, you see all of these people like without masks on, and now I'm just like, oh, how are you so close to someone not wearing a mask? And and it was just a different time. Like we just had no idea, none, absolutely no idea what was going to happen. So we sat there for an hour and a half straight live. We didn't have a single commercial break. An hour and a half straight live, just talking about what had just happened, what we had just seen, getting certain people um, live on the broadcast, getting certain uh, clips in there. It was like an hour and a half news segment, and then I was done. And they were like, all right, you can go home. I was supposed to be there for two days. Exactly. <laughs> right? I was supposed to be there for two days. And five right. months later, I got laid off. Like that was like that. Was, it, it was it, it It actually for a while. Like I had trouble dealing with it because it, like it really fucked me up. It was like, OK, this is your chance. You are breaking. Never, this is this. Your your career is going to skyrocket from here. And then it's fucking done. And then they're like four months later, like, yeah, you know what? You're fired. See, you. fuck you. And I was like, come on, man. How about that? Like the timing, the timing of all that stuff was like insane. I mean, it literally changed a lot of people's uh, lives and it changed a lot of things that they had going on. It obviously both of us in a sense. So like, and you look a year later, and here we are doing pretty damn good. So yeah, always a little Not bad, man. It's it's honestly, a positive to the end of the year. That's good. Yeah, and honestly, like I might, I might get a little sentimental here, but I, I needed that to happen. For me, like I, I needed to a change because I like I didn't like what I was doing anymore. Like grinding out the same shit, you do the same thing over and over and over again for five or six years, and you're gonna be sick of it. Like I wanted something new, and, and I tried to get other jobs, I couldn't get them. And um, I guess all it took was just like getting fired. Like I, I knew eventually, in the, the way that this business is headed, I was probably gonna have to go out and do something on my own um, if I didn't want to just kind of end like for the rest of my life be like writing blogs and. Uh, doing recaps and spending yeah. every single Saturday for the rest of my life in front of a TV <laughs> at 2 a.m. Um, so I knew I was probably like, that's the only way, you know, like I'm not, 
not a former player. Um, there's only a certain level of access you can get if no, if you can't, you don't have a company funding your travel all over the place. So it was kind of like it was what it was. So I knew eventually I was probably gonna have to start my own thing. And then finally this pandemic came about and they were like, Yeah, you know what? You're done. So all right, now now's as good of a chance as any. And it's actually worked out well. Like this thing has been significantly more successful than I thought it was going to end up being, despite the fact that I've had to spend uh, two hours every week talking to you. I mean, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I've been having a good time just looking at myself in this little box right here. So yeah, while, you're ta- while you're, while you're talking, I'm usually just looking at myself, enjoying, enjoying my commentary. So don't beat yourself. Just trying, trying to make sure that you're, you're, you're looking good. Like <laughs> beer, you're like trying to check my beer. Yeah, just from every couple of moments or so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that it's been this long. Like, I did not expect that it would be this long. Nah, this, honestly, it, me at all. Me as well, me, excuse me. Like, it's, it, bro, like, I, I really felt like, man, January will come around and things will possibly uh, be getting, a, getting a, you know, off to a better start. Like, obviously, because it's a new year, I'm thinking, all right, things will get off a little bit better and things will start to, I want to say open up, but be a little bit more uh, lax. And when that didn't come and I was, man, I was, it, it, like you probably know, it's like you get antsy when you're just sitting at home, like not with like, with your own thoughts. So <laughs> well, honestly, like I never had the chance to do that because I like I, I got two kids. Like I spent the whole time, like the, the entire time that everything was shut down and the kids couldn't, couldn't go to school. Like I yeah. was my, my wife was still working. She was in the like she, she's got her whole setup over there. So she was working like nine to five, 10 to four, something like that. So I was just hanging out with the kids all day. And I'll tell you what, that was, that was, that was a draining experience. <laughs> I, I have so much respect for our teachers and our daycare workers and yeah. the childcare yeah. workers like that. Yeah. Woo, buddy. That was, yeah. that was, that was a lot of work. Um, it's it's a we, different experience. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were actually really lucky though, because our neighborhood, we got a, um, it's not really a cul-de-sac, but it's like a big loop, right? Yeah, and there was there's there's five other families with kids my son's age, and all of all we did the entire summer was just ride bikes around in a circle, or go and like there's a pond down the street, and we would go go throw rocks into the pond, or go on like the little neighborhood playground because not like two of them are were immunocompromised, and um, yeah. all of them were working from home, and like we kind of joined forces on like trips to the, to the grocery store and stuff, so like we just had our little pot. And no one did anything with anybody else. And we just rode bikes around the whole day. It, it, it took my son like a week and a half to learn how to ride his bike. It was crazy. <laughs> but, he got, was crazy. but he got it, though. But he, he got, got it. it. No, I'm saying, like, that's good. It. Normally it takes kids longer than that to figure it out. Like, when you're out there on a bike for six hours a day, like, you're, you're, you're going to figure it out. out. You're going to figure it out. <laughs> you're going to figure it out. So, it's wild. it out by, by default. <laughs> and, and, I will, and I will say this um, about today, because this was. Like, this was the first time it really – like, I know it's been March for a while. We've had tournaments going on for a while. But, like, this was the first day that it really felt like March because we had – it was it was 11.30 a.m. And we had West Virginia tipping off against Oklahoma State, a battle like two top 15 teams, um, a great game that turned out to be awesome. And that happened at the same time that we had Syracuse-Virginia going on. That was a yeah. great game. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky-Mississippi State was a – well, I don't know if that was a great game, but it was a close game. It was, it was a close game, game. Yeah. Georgetown knocked off Villanova. So like that, that was the first time today that it like it was like, man, okay. We have 
we had Patrick Ewan talking a little shit. I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. It really felt like today, and I swear to God, like you tell me if I'm wrong on this day, and, and, and anyone listening, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, today was the first day that it really felt like okay, we're we're kind of getting through this. Like we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like this, like we're 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 it took a long time, but like we're we got the vaccine. My wife got both her shots. We're my, everyone in my family's got them. My, my mom, my aunt, my grandmother, my uh, my wife's parents. Everyone's got their shots. Like we're we're getting close to being on the other side of this thing, and and it it just I don't know. Today felt I whatever it was like today felt really really good for that reason. I'm gonna great. Nah, personally, I'm not gonna lie. Like as soon as the game started at 11:30, my wife my my wife texted me because uh, she was watching the game while she was working at the same time. Like because we're here, everybody's gonna watch the game. We're gonna watch our Mountaineers, and. A lot of you not like uh, she's just like, yo, this is going to be an awesome day. This is going to be basketball all day. And I, I just literally thought about it. I was like, yeah, this is this is the first time I actually got a chance to like I mean, you get those you you get to watch basketball all day throughout the season on on the weekends and stuff like that. But like during the week and, you know, it's tournament time coming up and teams are like pressed to making the tournament. And this is the most important time of the year. Like today was an awesome day of watching just basketball. It was, it was I had, I had so much perfect, fun. Man. And I'll I'll tell you this much: it, it hasn't stopped either. Like as we're as we're recording this, uh, Texas and Texas Tech are about to go to halftime. North yeah. Carolina pulled off a huge comeback against Virginia. You could see which me looking over here, happen. which I didn't think was going to happen over here because I got them both on the TV, and then I got the the UConn game going on the uh, on the computer monitor I have over here. So it's like we got multiple screens, we got multiple games. Which, we did. We did say here you go. <laughs> we did say it was a good. Uh, it was a great day. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was kind of. Uh, I hate to say this because I know people are gonna probably hear this. I was sad that Duke season ended the way it did. Me too. I didn't Me want too. Duke season to end that way. I I would rather them like play their season out and whatever they get, they get. I wasn't expecting. Duke season to end this way it was it it didn't make me feel uh that good because I would I'd rather have watched them play and see what happens yeah I I mean I'm the same way man like I, all these kids at the end of, like I found it very hard to hate any teams this year and, I, and generally speaking yeah. I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really hate any teams um the only teams I hate are the teams that don't cover but <laughs> I find it like I want I want every team to have success like with all the knowing, like the, these kids are going through the same things that we are in terms of just kind of like with their life. Um, I, I I want I want them to have success and I want them to be able to experience that. I want them to at least have a shot. Like the one thing that I took away from the Kentucky game was that th- th- I mean those dudes were still fighting down. The, like th- maybe they didn't have the, the five that you wanted, and maybe they didn't always give the effort that you were expecting out of a uh, Kentucky team, and they certainly were not as talented as we thought they were. But like in the last game of the season, playing for basically nothing, they erased like a twenty-point halftime deficit or twenty-point second half deficit, and had a sh- like a great shot to win at the end. Yeah, no, like they like you said, they're fighting for their their opportunity to play, and that's the thing that sucks because it's just like Duke didn't get a chance to fight for their their season to end that way. So like, I mean. I mean, they did what somebody just what well, is it? Uh, Jamita just said Duke won their last game of the season. But like it still it sucks because they didn't get a chance to like finish it out similar to the way we want everyone else to finish their season out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just them, like NC A and T. 
They, yeah, that, yeah. Well, I forgot them. Like they won uh, the MEAC. They were the number one seed in the MEAC tournament. And they had a they had a positive test, and they won't be playing like that. That sucks, man. Like there's, it, I mean, it is what it is. Like there's nothing you can really do about it. But it just it true. Sucks. sucks. Feel it's bad. True. All right, let's talk about your Mountaineers. Wow, uh, what happened? I mean, what do you mean? What happened? It, it's pretty obvious. We gave up. 72 points to to Kate uh, Kate well Kate Cunningham and Ice likely did come back and play. Um at the end of the day, I, I thought we had a chance to win the game. Uh we're a pump an extra pump fake away from getting a shot up to possibly tie the game with one of our best shooters and cut it pump faked one less time. But uh I, I was upset about certain things during the game, but as far as their effort and everything else, I was not upset with my Mountaineers. Their effort was better than the last time I watched them play. They, they, they were working the tails off. They just – I feel like uh, defensively is just – some things just transition-wise and and in the half court, they just got some things they need to iron out. Yeah, I mean, look. That like, was, I, I, yeah, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. My bad. No, no, I was just going to say, like, that was um, that was a, a great game, like a great basketball yeah. to watch, and it was, it was back and forth, and – um, someone has to lose those games. And if you're Oklahoma State, like you're going to feel very frustrated about losing that game. If you're West Virginia, you're, you should feel very frustrated about losing that game. And that's just kind of the nature of March. Like it's the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. You have two top 15 teams playing each other. What, like what can you do? That's just that's, – that's March. Um, all right, so what we're going to do for this, uh, we're going we're gonna to be bouncing around a little bit. Like Dan, neither Dan and I had really had a plan for this because there's just so much going on. So if you have any questions or any topics or anything that you want us to talk about, uh, just drop them in the chat. We'll bring it up on uh, screen and we'll talk about that. So uh, your boy, Jamito, I hope we pronounce that the right way. Um, how do we feel about Nova going into the tourney? Can they make it to the second weekend? Uh, I do not believe that they can without Colin Gillespie. And I'm going to be very, very interested to see what the committee decides to do with where they put him as a seed because – They've they they've never really quite hit their stride this season. It feels like ever that they've gotten close to being able to find like a rhythm and be the team that we expected them to be. Something like something happened. happened. Another pause, yeah. they have an injury, someone goes down. Like it just it was a, a very kind of stop. Yeah. Like Villanova and, and Louisville to a point, like both kind of had one of those years where it was like, okay, like we're still waiting. We're still waiting for you to find a way to get it going. And the reason why I say it'll be interesting to see where they get seated is that. Villanova right now, three and three against quadrant one opponents, eight and six against the top two quadrants. They have a loss to Georgetown on the neutral court. They lost at Butler. They lost at Providence. Their best wins are at Texas, which doesn't look quite as good as it did earlier on the season. Uh, Creighton at home and Seton Hall on the road. Those are their best wins. They also beat UConn at home, uh, but UConn is not top 30 in the net right now, so that's not a quadrant one win. That could change if UConn makes a run because they're 31st. So, how do you feel? Um, I think they can pass the first round depending on their matchup. The matchup is everything. I, I just think they don't like we said before. It's just that they're missing. They with with Colin Gillespie, they were missing something. Mm-hmm. And without him, who is like basically their senior leader, scorer, they're they're still missing some things. I, do I think more just more can come out there and be a little bit more aggressive while the, when the tournament's going on? Maybe help them out, get past the first round. 
it's a, it's very possible. I mean, Villanova is still a good team. It's just not – they're not the exact same team without Colin Gillespie. And, I mean, I can easily see them losing the first round as well. I mean, it's just – I really feel like it's the matchup. If they're playing against a team that they're just regardless like better than, depending on what the committee puts in front of them, I can see them going to the second round. But if they play a top 30 team, I don't know. Yeah, the Joe Joe makes a really good point in that um, Villan- this is the first time in forever that Villanova has entered the tournament with absolutely no expectations. No one thinks that is true. and there there is a little bit of a, a freeing element to that when you can when you can play that way. You can play free. You don't have to worry about the stress of uh, being a number one seed or trying to carry that with you. Uh, yeah. The only problem is like for me, the whole reason to be intrigued by Villanova is because they were just – I thought they were going to be a juggernaut offensively. They, I, I thought they had some very real issues on the defensive end um, with preventing dribble penetration and rim protection stuff. And, and um, they were – they tried to do all of like the kind of typical switching stuff that they do, and I don't think that they were quite as good as it in the past, as they were in the past. And it just kind of – it never really clicked – to the level that you needed to click to be able to be a, a top three to top five kind of a team. Uh, but it was good enough for them to be a top 15 team. Um, but the problem is right now without Gillespie, like they're not that juggernaut offensively. They don't, they don't have their point guard. They don't have their playmaker. They don't have their guy that they give the ball to down the stretch. So uh, yeah. combine that with like Justin Moore, um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's back. Like, he, he uh, maybe we'll, back. Yeah. So it's just, um, it is what it is, man. And, and, you know, hopefully, Hopefully what happens here is that, you know, Justin Moore can kind of get healthy and get rested up. Like he's got what I think they won't play until like Saturday or Sunday. So he's got yeah. basically 10, 10 or 11 days to kind of get healthy. And, and um, if he can do that, then uh, then we will see. Um, all right. Jackson says, thoughts on Oklahoma State being a three seed? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I, I think that they're – I think their resume is a lot more impressive than people realize because their metrics are low, right? Like, so they're 30th in the net right now. I believe they're in that same range um, in, uh, in in Ken Palm. But uh, if I'm looking at the number right now, like if RPI was still a thing, they'd be seventh in RPI because what they do is they win. They do nothing but win close games. And yeah. the net and Ken Palm, those, those metrics factor in scoring margin. Um even if if it's not explicitly, then it's implicitly because of the its efficiency margin stuff. And the, like Oklahoma State's not, blo- I don't think they've blown anybody out all season long. Nah, all they do is just win win close games. Now they have nine quadrant one wins. Nine. I'm going to put that into context for you, Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, I believe, the only team in the country that has exactly nine quadrant one wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one team that has ten, and that's Illinois. Illinois has eight quadrant one wins. Baylor has eight. Michigan has eight. Iowa has eight. Alabama has eight. Ohio State has, or I'm sorry, they all have seven. Um, And then Oklahoma State, after beating West Virginia today, has nine. Nine quadrant one wins. But they're just dragged down because they don't blow anybody out. They win close games. And they have those two losses to TCU, which make no fucking sense. So I I think, look, if if they had swept TCU instead of losing those two games, they, we would be having a very real conversation about them being a possible number one seed. I feel like they'd probably be a two. Like, they'd be in the top eight if they didn't lose those possibly to TCU. That's a bad, those are bad losses. And look, but looking, at, looking at the teams behind them, there's – yeah, there's no reason why they're not going to be a three seed. Yeah. Like no and, 
And I still think, let's say, all right, let's say that they beat Baylor tomorrow, right, in the mm-hmm. semifinals of the Big 12 tournament. And then they get to the title game, and they take on either Kansas, Texas, or Texas Tech. You win those two games, and, and you could, like, all of a sudden you have 11 quadrant one wins. You add a win over the number one or number two team, and you add another win over another top 15 team. Like, all of a sudden we're having a conversation about Oklahoma nah, yeah, State yeah. two seed. Like yeah. legitimately, I think that they could potentially be a two seed if they if they win the Big Twelve tournament. So. They, they went out. They're definitely that's a solid two seed. I, you beat the number what two team in the country, and 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 then also Kansas or Texas. Either way, I probably think it's going to be Kansas. You're go. You're you're a two seed. That's just you went through the gauntlet. <laughs> so to to get it. Yep. All right. Here we go. From Matthew Page, does Syracuse pass the eye test for you? Do you think Syracuse should be in the NCAA tournament? I think they can be in the tournament. And I, I feel like if and if they get in the tournament, they'll, they'll be a problem. I mean, that's zone, bro. Like it's just like there's only so much like teams can do to like you can prep your zone the best way you can, but it doesn't really matter. It, it's not the same until you're like face to face with it. So do I think like Jim Beheim and and uh what do, what's his uh his guy's name, his young boy's name? <laughs> uh the nickname. Or little, yeah, buddy, little, buddy, buddy can get his buckets. Do I think they they can get a tournament? I think so. It was between them and Duke, right? They were they were on the bubble, correct? Yeah, I mean it wasn't between them, but they were all teams that were on the bubble. So yeah, yeah it's I'm, very, I'm it's very possible for Syracuse to to make this. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing up the resume right now. One thing that was weird is that they they only played they didn't really play Alan Griffin today. Yeah. Which makes sense. They played a lot. Gave a lot of minutes to. Robert Braswell and I, I always want to say like they they should play Kadari Richmond more, um, but I don't want Jim Beheim yelling at me about how tall I am, so I'm not going to say anything about that. They just have they have a weird weird resume. Yeah, you know what I'm referring to, right? You don't know huh? what that that's the reference to uh, Jim Beheim in a press conference. Uh, a, a reporter from the Athletic questioned him about something about why he wasn't playing a guy, and he was like, oh, "I've only been doing this for 45 years." You're five foot two and never played basketball. How could you know what you're talking about? I'm never going to cross Jim Beham because, you know, he's done a lot for me. He's a good guy. So, yeah. Um, a, so a lot of people think that Syracuse is a lock to get in. Uh, I think that it is. It's close. I, I, I will. We'll see. Like their their resume is not as strong as I think people are giving it credit for. Uh, um, and odd one win. And that is at North Carolina State, who is 72nd in the net. Now they beat North Carolina at home, they beat Clemson at home, they beat Virginia Tech, um, and they have two other wins over North Carolina State, but they also lost at home to Pitt, which is a quad three loss. Like they don't they really, really don't have as good of a resume as I think people are giving them credit for. Their metrics do look good though. So we'll see. I mean, it's gonna be a sweat. I, my gut says that they'll probably end up one of the teams that that is in the uh uh, in one of the playing games, but which is like uh, when they're a playing game, it's just what's the purpose of even being an, uh, a one seed? <laughs> it's like you got to go up against uh, Syracuse and the the I don't want to call it a gimmick, but it's like more or less like you have to go against up against Syracuse in this zone that's done great things in the past and jam teams up. Like it's they're gonna play the entire game, so as opposed to you know maybe a team that may be smaller. Or, from a smaller conference that usually uh, that just played themselves in the tournament, you have to play against them. Instead, you play against Syracuse, who somewhat plays against good competition throughout the year. Yeah. Um, 
All right, what else you got from today? You uh, were you impressed by um, North Carolina coming back and winning this game? Yeah, uh, I didn't think they were. I mean, I thought, honestly, I thought Virginia Tech was like toughing them earlier in the game, man. They got wherever they wanted to get on the floor. Um, Coach Young, like, like uh, we've already talked about how much of a uh, uh, how great of a job he's done this year with that group. Uh, not great, but I mean, it's better than expected. And I didn't expect uh, Roy Williams and the guys to get through today. But uh, Caleb Love not he was was making shots early, uh, excuse me, late in the first half and carried over in the second half. And, I mean, they they ended up snagging the win. I literally shocked me because I thought that Virginia Tech kind of like – I went on to use the word punk them, but they were like very physical with them early on. It looked like they, they had their way with them. They, they had uh, yeah. something – it, it very much looked like the kind of situation where uh, where Virginia Tech only played two games in the last month because of the the COVID the COVID pauses and um, <laughs> and came out and, and kind of you know got tired by the end like that's that's what happens you come out and your adrenaline's pumping and you're great and then all of a sudden you're uh, you kind of you kind of wear down a little bit um, did, all right I did not want to watch Florida State versus Virginia Tech though I felt like that would <laughs> like almost, I don't want to say a mirror match, but like, <laughs> like I wanted to see like some type of style clash. Like, I, I kind of feel like, yeah, it's too hard. The colors, the colors. <laughs> All like, right, Michigan. We got Maryland in Michigan State out. That's that's the next question. Um, I think that Maryland, Maryland, like locked up their bid. I thought that they were okay heading into this game. Um, either way, and I think that they're probably uh, now played their way out of. The uh, the playing game conversation. I mean, they're fifteen and twelve overall. They have a lot of really really good wins. Uh, if it wasn't for those two losses um, to, to to Northwestern and to Penn State, like we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Um, five quad one wins. They're five and nine against the top quadrant. They are eight and twelve against the top two quadrants. They, they they've done some really good things. They won at they Illinois. Play they played today. Yeah, they played. I missed that game. They played Michigan State. At eleven thirty, um, blew them out, spacked yeah, them. Yeah, so um, Michigan State is a little bit more difficult to uh, to figure out and to kind of read the tea leaves on because their their computer numbers are really bad. Like they're sixty seventh in the net, whereas Maryland is thirty fourth. And I don't think that's going to be the be all or end all, um, but I do think that's something that is going to be taking into consideration. And look, th- so they beat Michigan, they beat Illinois, and they beat Ohio State all at home. They played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games against top 10 teams, and they went three and four in those games. They have five quadrant one wins, and they are nine and 12 against the top two quadrants. Like that is probably going to be good enough to get you in. Yeah, they're going to get in. I was going to say, when you said they were three and four against those teams, I thought they were going to be fine. Like I've seen they're. They played 16 games against quadrant one opponents, and they won five of them. They won three games against top 10 teams. Yeah, Um, they're going to be. They. I would not be surprised if they ended up like kind of in that playing game range, but really? at the same time, like the teams that are kind of on the bubble right now are like Drake who played one game against uh, a, a team that was a quadrant one opponent or played one quadrant one opponent. They played uh, Loyola twice. Do um, you have like Utah state who is like, has a resume nowhere near as good as this Colorado state, nowhere near as good as this. So, uh, I think yeah. that Michigan State is probably going to end up on the right side of the bubble when it's all said and done. Um, all right, Dave. You got anything else from today? 
Um, anything? Yeah. You- oh, I was super impressed with Creighton. I talked about Creighton earlier. I was super impressed with how Creighton uh, came back. out, and bounced back. You know, it's so easy to fall like when uh to fall into the negative when all that shit's going on, and the players went out there and figured out a way to win in spite of all that shit going on. So Creighton, Kansas's uh, game was awesome. I enjoyed that game today too. So like it was a lot of games, honestly. Like, Kansas. Kansas won in pretty impressive fashion against a really good team on a night when they did not have David McCormick. Yep. And if you don't have your, your number one go-to guy, it's tough to usually get going. But Kansas found figured out a way. Oh, what did you uh, text me during the game? <laughs> You're like uh, – Oh, yeah. I texted you. Uh, David McCormick is out, and, and Kansas plays their best half of the season with like 17 of the eye emojis. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I immediately changed. I'm like, I'm missing this right now. I'm watching Creighton's game. I was like, I can't. I got to watch this Kansas game, man. Abaji, bro. Those those three. I think it was like three or four threes in a row. Insane. All corner threes. Yep. Helped helped them get that distance to to end up closing the game out. So yeah. I mean, they're 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 good, man. They're good. They're 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 not going to beat themselves. That's what that's what it's going to come down to with Kansas. They're not going to beat themselves. Which is funny. Like I expected that in the very beginning of the year when they were downplayed early in the year because of you know what they didn't have, and I just I felt Bill Self would he usually figures it out. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. He did. All right, Day. This was fun, man. Um, next time we talk to you guys is going to be Sunday night. Uh, we're going to do a live stream at 9 p.m breaking down the bracket. We're going to go through region by region and talk about it all. Uh, I'm going to give you all the right takes. If you want to pick against day, that's how you know that you're going to end up winning your bracket. So, so (laughs) until Sunday, uh, everybody, I'm glad we, we made it through, we made it through a year of, uh, of lockdown. We made it through a year of COVID. I hope everybody's doing well. Everybody stay safe. We're almost out of this thing. Give it another month. And uh, hopefully we can all have a great summer where we do nothing but party and drink and go outside and, and, Uh, just get hammered with everybody that we love and miss and haven't seen in so long. So day, as soon as that happens, man, we're going to, we're going to get the butlers and the dosters. We're going to have a big, we're going to have a big cookout. going to make it happen. We're going to bring you back up to the dirty jurors. It's it's been a while. I need to uh, go back to my stomping grounds. (laughs) 